Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So something I've always been curious about. Mm-hmm. When you were a Clipper, mm-hmm. you dunked. You and Q Rich had the headbox. What does that really mean? Uh, we, uh, there was a guy that, uh, Q was about to be a Q dog. Uh, Trevor Reason was playing at high school. Uh, Trevor Reason, they were playing for Westchester High School. And uh, the guy kind of put us all up on it. And we started, they was doing it in the high school. And we started doing it in the uh, games. So we couldn't throw up Q all the way, and we just started curling our fist. Maurice Cheeks. Maurice Cheeks? He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. For real? I didn't know I wasn't even paying attention. Oh, okay. I wasn't. For real? Well, I wasn't. So he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Did you guys ever make peace? Of course. What? It was never no beef. So do you think that the, the media overplayed it? Yeah, it, wasn't no, it never was nothing. I see Cheeks and hug him. Asking about his family, like it wasn't nothing. It was just uh, you know, in the NBA, his politics. Uh, his job was on the line. We was, I was frustrated. We was losing. Man, most Cheeks is one of my favorite. Cause I had, I played ten years. I had probably about twelve coaches. Now he's one of the ones that always used to come to me and tell me, man, you got, you got so much stuff in your game. Like I want to see this. I want to see that. So he, he definitely, he always going to be my guy. Stuff like that shouldn't even left the locker room, but you know, it is what it is. When I look at you, yeah. I mean, I take it back to the Nelly Hot in Here video. Mm-hmm. What was that set like? Mm. Crazy. <laughs> a lot of sets was crazy. A lot of videos was crazy. Beautiful people. That's what I said. I said beautiful people. <laughs> I said beautiful people. Yeah. When I look at the NBA now, mm-hmm. uh, I see a lot of small forwards and power forwards mm-hmm. that can dribble, that can handle, that can do a myriad of things. Yeah. Do you, when you look a decade ago, see yourself in any way, you and, and Kevin Garnett as any type of a pioneer? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Tell me more. Uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, McGrady, and... Uh, 
When, uh, Kevin Garnett and Lamar, them were the ones that really kind of stuck out. McGrady, too, but Kevin Garnett and Lamar, they was just a different type of player. 6'9", big, especially Lamar. And I don't know, I just was, I, they ain't never seen nothing like me. I was kind of unique, them type of player. But I feel like we are pioneers, but Lamar, it's a lot of players you can name in the 90s that came up that was kind of different than the rest of us. So when you look at the NBA now, you see guys like DeMarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. a guy that legitimately could play three through five. Mm-hmm. You look at Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You look at Brandon Ingram. Yeah, they 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 products of us. When you look at the high school to pros uh, mm-hmm. thing, you know, the NBA set that mandate that you got to be 19 years old. Yeah. Or a year removed from your graduating class, mm-hmm. you've seen people buck the system like Brandon Jennings mm-hmm. and others. When you look at the NBA and them wanting to institute the high school uh, mm-hmm. players going back to the league, how do you feel about it? What you mean, like uh, going, uh, going straight? So they're so again? they're 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 talking about bringing it back. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, to each his own. You you play other sports, you can be in other leagues that you can be young and you can play in these professional sports. So I feel like if they're good enough to play it, it's, it's, it's good. If you can go back in time, mm-hmm. would you have done would you have done a year in school? I wanted to. I think about it all the time. I, I wanted to because the people that was there, uh, Mike Jarvis, uh, Omar Cook. Uh, Kyle Cuff and Willie Shaw, Anthony Glover. Like, man, I, I wanted to play with them guys. Omar led the nation in assists his freshman year. That, that made me feel so – it made me so happy that he led the nation in assists because it, it made me feel like I made the right decision to go to St. John's to play with him. So, it, yeah, I think about it all the time. I, I kind of wanted that experience and stuff like that, but uh, I had to do what I had to do. When I was in college, uh, my, my freshman year of college was 2003. Mm-hmm. And so that was LeBron's rookie year. And that mm-hmm. was also, you know, the NBA Live 04. Was, 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 it was just a good yeah. year. And I just remember hearing stories about, like, how you would be sitting in the locker room with LeBron drinking Capri Suns mm-hmm. and just enjoying life. Yeah. What were those early Cavs years like? Oh, it was great, man. LeBron was, man, I, I took, man, he's amazing. Me, me watching him because uh, his year, I was there the year before and I got a chance to see his senior year, and I I, I didn't see really nobody who have an impact like how I had an impact until I seen him. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like it went levels. Like KG had an impact, all these players had an impact, and then I came out of nowhere and had a big impact. That's why I went the highs. I broke the history. You know what I'm saying? Then after I broke the history generation was coming right behind me and just to see LeBron and his maturity the people he have around him his family members his friends uh way he carries himself man it was a blessing to play with him I think uh him playing with us I think with me and Ricky them they didn't know what to do really I don't think they would have know what to do I think Paul Silas I love him as a man I love him as a coach I love him a lot, him, his son, his family. He was just a little old school for what we had. You know, we had LeBron was 18. I was 20, 21. Uh, Ricky Davis, like, in his early 20s, you had Carlos Booz, who just came from Duke. You had Ryan Wagner. We had Sagana Jock. We was a young team, but with an old school type flavor, I don't think that would be. We had somebody that wanted to run and, a coach that wanted to run and do some stuff like that, 
we probably would have been a problem. Because I, play, I played point guard that year. I remember. I, play, I hated it. I played point guard that year. I wanted Le, I didn't hate it. I wanted LeBron to play point guard because I felt LeBron was more a facilitator. I felt I'm more of a slasher type. I got to go and do what I do. And I feel LeBron know how to slow it down, get people involved, and do all that. And I don't think that was my game. I, I'm, listen, I could hear you talk about the Cavs in that in that first year all day. What yeah. was that locker room like? You know how when you fun, it was cool that we was good. I was only there with LeBron. I was only there till January. I got traded in January because it was just it wasn't working. Uh, that was the first time in my career that a coach set me down and didn't play me. And Paul Solid didn't play me for like three, four games. Then brought me back and played me, and it was just. The hype from LeBron was so much that it wasn't no manual <laughs> to how to really get the structure this off right and, and get us all together. We had a young squad and a talented young squad at that. That playbook. Well, you guys, I remember playing on live. Again, that's different than, you know, real life. But yeah. I just remember looking at the playbook. It was a lot of flex offense. It was and it seemed... I hated it. A lot of Utah, Utah stuff. Okay. Where you... Uh, where the bigs don't even start off on the box. They start off on the side of the free throw line. Right. Where you got to pass it to the wing, like how Stockton and Malone, and you still pass it to, to the wing, cut off the big man, and it says the four. We're going to run uh, uh, one four on the box. So he'll throw it to the wing, cut off the big man on the, on the side of the free throw line, and then he's going to be on the box, and he'll come up and either get the five or the four from the free throw line, and they come down and post up. So we didn't have a play where you can come down and just throw it in the post. We got to go through all this to get him to get in the post. And I felt like that was real. A veteran team need that type of thing. And that's what Paul Solid brought. We weren't really running. We weren't really doing a, a nothing like that. But uh, it was cool. Like I said, I like Paul Solid as a person. Sure. Man. I just I just didn't think that his strategy was the best strategy for that team. When I look at Carlos Boos and I look at LeBron, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm mad because I feel like you got a power forward that can put up Malone or or even yeah. at the very least a juiced up uh, Elton Brand type yeah. of uh, type of numbers. I mean, what was it like with them two in practice? I like Boos. Uh, I used to tell Boos all the time. Shit, 10 rebounds, 10 points to get you $100 million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he went second round. And, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and he didn't have a lot to go off of. You know, this is they signed him for the year with nothing guaranteed. and That's why he broke the bank and everybody was kind of mad at him. Because he went in there and did his job. He got him 10 points, 10 rebounds, and just settled for it. And one thing, too, we used to go through Cedronas. Our starting lineup was me, Ricky, LeBron, Booz, and Cedronas. But Cedronas was kind of on the end. He still was solid. Right. But he's, he, he shouldn't have been our first option. But, shit, you got a 21-year-old out there. You got an 18-year-old out there. Ricky Davis was probably like 24, 25, if that. Boozer was like 22. Yeah. And we got Cedronas. I just think it was just a, a fumble on their part of the talent and the young talent we had that they didn't know what to do. But I feel like if they would have brought a coach in like a Don Nelson or a D'Antonio or a Alvin Gentry or a Cheeks, like uh, them type of coaches, man, they, they just let you kind of go. 
you talked about just they didn't know what to do with LeBron back then, mm-hmm. that early years. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you feel like you were on a championship team, the attention that that Cavs team got back then? I felt like if we would have stayed together as a core, I feel like we was a problem. I feel like we was a problem from the get-go because it was like, man, we are going to go. We can switch everything. You got me, LeBron, and Ricky Davis out there as the guards. Like, I'm talking about, like, it was it was a problem. I felt like we would have been a problem, like how I felt like we was a problem for the Clippers coming in with our youth and our running. I feel like we would have been a problem, too, with them. I'm curious. And that Clippers team to me, I mean, I remember Slam Magazine. I hung that on my wall yeah. with you guys on there with the do-rags and the throwback jerseys, yeah. or rather just turning the jerseys inside out. How does that Clippers team compare to that Cavs team? No, the Clippers was, was better. Like I said, we can't with the cat with the Cavs. My first year, shit, we won seventeen Anybody games. Else in there? <laughs> we won seventeen games before I got there. Minutes. And they won seventeen games when I got there. Yeah, the next year, LeBron get there. You know what I'm saying? It was like a tossing up and down. When I was with the Clippers, it was six of us, twenty one and younger. Clippers. Mm-hmm. That last question, the Clippers, that team that you played with um, back in the early 2000s, if you could describe that team in one sentence, what would it be? I can describe it in one word. I, th- I think we was trendsetting. I think we are uh, a lot of kids. You see a lot of kids today, a lot of stuff like that. It's kind of us that they was kind of mimicking. Like you see, like the celebrations now. When we got to the league, players weren't celebrating. Like, you'll see a few celebrate Antoine Walker, maybe Mark Jackson. But you're talking about now, you got players that got signature moves, stuff that they do after they hit. James Harden throwing up the three, LeBron doing his look. Everybody got a signature celebration, but they weren't even doing that until we started doing it. When we was doing it, when we got in the league, a lot of veteran players took it as showboating and took offense to it. Scoop B Radio. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 